Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, episode number 151. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy and co-founder of Lendit Fintech. Today's show is sponsored by Lendit Fintech Europe 2018. Europe's leading event for innovation in financial services is coming up on the 19th and 20th of November in London at the Business Design Centre. We have recently opened registration as well as speaker applications. You can find out more by going to lendit.com slash Europe. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Matthias Setzer. He is the Chief Commercial Officer for PayU and NASPAS Fintech. Now, PayU is, is part of the NASPAS group, and they're a very interesting company, been around for quite a while, and they have really strong footholds in many, many countries around the world. Now, they've focused on payments, but they're moving into other areas, in particular credit, and we, we talk about that in some depth. We also talk about their work in India, how PayU has really built a, a sizable Indian business, and how the sort of the credit business really fits in well with the payments business that they've done there. We talk about you know, artificial intelligence, you know, we talk about how they expand in, in new countries, and, and much more. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Matthias. Thanks for having me. It's a big honor and pleasure. Okay. So um, I'd like to get these things started by giving the listeners a little bit of background about yourself, what you've sure. done in your career, where you're from, that kind of thing. All right. My name is Matthias. I'm the Chief Commercial Officer for PayU. That's a global role, basically responsible for our uh, main markets. Um, I'm doing also all the sales. I'm doing the key accounting partnerships, marketing, PR, and a few other things for the company. I'm also part of uh, NASPRO Spintech, um, that's the investment part of the group. Um, before joining PayU about a year and a half ago, a little over a year and a half now, I was working for a, a company called PayPal um, in the payment space as well. So I'm 15 years in payments now. I like payments. I always wanted to, to stay there and, and I'm just a big fan. I like the segue between nobody has any tolerance for losing a payment. It has to be super detailed. Um, it's very, very high trust. At the same time, it's uh, driven by technology, it's driven by innovation every other day, and, and uh, it's driven in the internet, the online space in particular, and I like this uh, very much. Um, I touched on a number of credit topics every place of my career, so I also had a lot of exposure to those things, and I'm happy to talk about it a little later. Uh, before working for PayPal, I spent 12 years at PayPal, uh, full declaration, so almost went full cycle from just joining after the acquisition of eBay, then just after the spin-off, I went uh, another year post the uh, IPO. Um, before that, I worked for a company uh, called Bertelsmann. It's a media company uh, in Europe. You may know assets like uh, Random House in the US or mm-hmm. the BMG will be in the uh, Bertelsmann Music Group, actually, or some other things like the European TV stations, RTL, are owned by them. And my background is business. went to business school, uh, graduated with a master in finance and operations and lived in places like uh, London for a while. Um, I also spent time in my studies in Japan, for example, or in Sweden. Yeah, so payments guy, online guy. A uh, commercial person um, with a background in payments, credit, and all sorts of technologies around that. That's Matthias. And so, and you currently, you, you live in Berlin, is that correct? That's correct, yeah. That's where my family is. Uh, even though my team keeps choking, I'm cloud based. There is occasional <laughs> travel happening. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I know we're talking to you today while you're in London. I know that. So, that's. Uh, you do yeah, obviously sure. go around. And I just flew in from San Francisco, to be honest, and I'll be in Colombia next week. So, 
it's it's a global world and it's uh, also still a, a an interesting observation that still some things need to happen in person and local right right okay so let's i want to talk a little bit about about PayU and naspers these are pretty these are pretty well-known companies i know in europe and around the world but some americans may not be as familiar with them so why don't you give us a little bit of the the history of of the business and what and what the what PayU actually does um, I'll be very quickly on uh, NASPERS um, and um, also in terms of the, the overall story, I, I have to talk a little more about PU. Um, if there are more NASPERS topics, uh, we need to refer to them. The short summary is NASPERS is uh, one of the world's biggest tech investors. It is originally a South African media company, about 103, 104 years old. It's stock market listed now um, in Joburg and has a proxy listing in London. It's a very sizable operation too, with large media assets and has a number of investments around the planet, uh, from classifieds to foods to actually payments. PayU is the payments part of NASPERS. We are about 15 years old. We are a growth market specialist. It means we have our main businesses in uh, very interesting markets, uh, from India to South Africa to Turkey, Russia. Uh, Poland is in there. Um, we also have uh, seven markets across Latin America, Brazil, Mexico, Colombia, uh, Peru, Chile, and so on, Argentina. right? So we are um, in, in currently 17 markets. And basically a payment company that operates as a gateway, as a payment service provider. But I would always like to describe us also as a quote-unquote deep payment service provider because we're doing things like uh, building our own credit products. For example, we have self-built and self-developed credit offerings in markets like India or like Colombia. We're also providing a number of risk and other services, of course, and we recently added some significant investments in particular consumer credit. We have plans to go by beyond that. Um, that includes other areas of credit like merchant credit, and ultimately one could argue and discuss, hey, what is actually the definition of a digital bank, of a consumer bank? What should the bank look like in the future? And if you're a payment company, a credit company, shouldn't you have a say in the way how a digital bank looks like in the future? Mm-hmm. That would be the short summary of PayU. So in the global scale, mid-sized, regional and growth markets, a very large player. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then after you know you spent 12 years at PayPal, you said, and you joined PayU uh-huh. like a year and a half ago. What, what was the reason? Why did you decide to join? Uh-huh. What did you see that was interesting? A number of things, right? And, and um, I had a great time, as you can tell, at PayPal. Um, if you're spending 12 years there, you have no excuses. Uh, you had to like it, and I did. And I'm, I'm still very happy I spent the time there, learned a lot. And at the same time, I was very tempted by this opportunity. A, it's a very interesting role. Personally, um, I'm one of uh, four people running the company, and that is a very wonderful thing to develop. And now there's no more excuses. So when I'm not happy about fast decision making on the executive level, well, that's actually me. (laughs) So there's a very personal, (laughs) yeah, you run out of excuses. That's a very good development. You has a unique setup, right? Because the the, the thing I like about it, um, I was doing a lot of work for PayPal in, in a market like Germany, and PayPal is heavily localized in Germany or the UK, for example. But if you look at global markets around the planet, PayU is very specific because it has a lot of local infrastructure. We are in every market, we are a local payment company. Right? There's not a single payment method missing. We have, uh, depending on uh, the market, we even have local servers on the ground. Right? Uh, for example, regulatory reasons, um, we have local offices, we have local licenses, we have full connectivity. There's no proxy in between, right? there's no aggregator in between. So PayU is, is, is a super hyper-local payment company, and at the same time, it has a global footprint. Uh, it has global scale, and it has a global infrastructure as well. 
and you multiply this with uh, being being Nespers, Nespers FinTech, there is an element of equity, there's an element of investment. Uh, we are growth market investor. Um, from that angle, it was a super interesting combination to say, hey, you have this super strong local footprint, local expertise um, to the square, and you scale it globally. And when I was offered this position, it was predominantly about uh, cross-border trade. Now it's also about all the local payments and, and the local markets and everything. I found this incredibly tempting to combine that uh, with my with my knowledge and expertise and also learn a lot of new things, right? If you're suddenly doing business in markets like Brazil or India, the learning curve is very steep. Right. Say the least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that—that's an interesting point. So, I, I mean, you say you, you're hyper local. You, you really you have offices on the ground. I mean, like the payments infrastructure in in, in different countries. Like you've got Russia, you've got India, you know, Brazil. They're yep. all they're yeah. all very very different. And you have got Africa, where there's a whole a whole other yep. different uh, different yeah. types of. Yeah, uh, we things. do business in Nigeria. Yeah, right. yeah. So, so how do you how do you approach going into into a new market? I mean, you've got to really start from scratch, I, I imagine. Yeah, well, the interesting thing is if you look at PayU's history, the company is, I would have said that it's almost a conglomerate of uh, go-to-market variations. So we have every example in the group, basically. But the original investment thesis um, and, and build-up was, hey, uh, let's build an emerging market payment company. And uh, people ventured out and bought the first payment companies in Latin America. Those are our oldest parts. They're about 15 years old mm-hmm. um, in terms of corporate history. So there was an acquisition element. You could go into a market by acquiring. We do this sometimes, right? There is another element. The group owns big assets. For example, Nestos was the owner of a company in, uh, called Allegro in Poland. Allegro had a payment part called PayU. That's where the name's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, Allegro has been sold. The marketplace has been sold. But the payment company is still there and it's our asset. And uh, we kept that part. For branding reasons, we choose it later on. It's not uh, it's a different reason, but so there may be an, an payment asset that you, according quotes, I almost say like inherit. Other situations are pay you India was uh, coming out of a Nespers owned incubator. This was an entrepreneurial venture. Um, there were two entrepreneurs. One of them is still with us, Sheila's not, and the CEO of the group today in India. And they were just incubating this six years ago, right? And then what we did a year and a half ago in India, PayU was number one already in terms of online payments. We had a very nice market development and a uh, good number of markets, good market share. Uh, we bought number two in India, right? And so we have a sort of uh, incubation, organic growth, if you want to, and we're adding um, an equity element to that. We are now in the process in Africa. I don't disclose the name yet, but there's one market where we just went in organically. We set up an office, we hired people, we talked to regulator, we filed the applications. We are hopefully very, very, very shortly away from getting the license. Orally, they told us you get it. So we got this this week, um, that we will get it. Connectivity has been built with our own engineering, right? So we mm-hmm. connected to local payment methods. And yeah, as soon as we get the stamp, uh, we're going to start running those operations and make an announcement that we're live in another market in Africa. Okay. Right? So there's, the short answer is we're doing everything. We're using all means of um, um, expansion. We are not very agnostic or very limited by one. And yes, the company still keeps actually growing and, and venturing into new markets. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I can't sort of um, have an interview with with you and not ask about Tencent because it's um, <laughs> it's a very famous investment. You guys invested in Tencent back in two thousand and one when it was just a, still a pretty small Chinese company, and now it's. 
you know, it's a behemoth. It's one of the the, the largest companies in the yep. world, and and you know their their WeChat app is ubiquitous. I mean, I, I go to China quite a bit, and everyone you don't you don't swap you don't swap email addresses. You swap WeChat IDs, and you do it all on your phone. And <laughs> and it's it's yep. you know, and and so they really have a very strong presence. You know, they dominate the market in China in many ways. So, are you using? I mean, does Pay You use any of that any of that knowledge, or do you have a footprint in China? I can't comment about Tencent and Nespers. Please uh, apologies for that. This is something you would need to ask them directly. Yeah, that's, um, um, that's something I, I can't do. Pay You uses uh, partnerships in China, right? And and um, we're also very happy that there is TenPay, and um, which is which is a big footprint in China. Yep. Our current focus, to be very honest, because this is there, this is this is a big piece of infrastructure. Our current focus, we believe there's more development needed and more interest right now, and there's more opportunity even, is actually India. Yeah. Right? No. And, and that's why we, um, with all, I mean, the day only has 24 hours. You can do so many things at the same time. We have a strong belief, and currently would call it uh, Payu's number one priority is India. Right. And um, in India, we are a very substantial player. Um, like I said, we already made acquisitions. We keep developing products. Uh, we have a full build out on all payment methods, including UPI. We even have local connections directly to the issuers and things uh, like that. So we, we, we enhance even the network infrastructure and other things. We have launched our own credit product. We have launched with Credit Tech, a, a sister company credit product where we invested in heavily. No, India is big fun. And I would say for argument's sake, um, um, even on that one, to, to give you the second uh, part of the answer beyond China, um, I'm spending a lot of time at the moment in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, it is one of the world's largest economies. It is one of the world's largest countries by population, number five, actually. And we are curious, um, are we underleveraged there? Should we do more? What is the right way into Brazil? It is complicated. It's not easy, but um, should we do more? But um, clearly India is the number one for us. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, India. I mean, India has got tremendous opportunity. I mean, we found we we get more and more people coming from India to to our lended events. Um, And in fact, my my business partner at this very moment is in India this week, speaking speaking at a conference, and where we we see. You know, India as really, it's, it's almost like it reminds me of where China was five years ago. It's, 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 it's very exactly. exciting. Exactly. And exactly. You know, there's going to, I mean, India is going to be such a. Maybe even 10 years ago. Yeah, maybe 10 yeah. years ago. Exactly. But it's, it's really, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of excitement that about what India can become. And, and they, you know, it's, it's obviously a lot more open. But well, let me ask you, Peter, what about landed India? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get asked that question. I get asked that question probably every other week, um, usually by an Indian. Well, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, if we were to, that's part of the, part of the reason that my partner's there today, uh, there this week, is that you know that's something that we're we're thinking about for the future. It won't it won't happen uh, it won't happen immediately, but uh, that's that that if that will be our next country. If, uh, if let, let us know, uh, we'd be happy to send speakers and people on that <laughs> one because we believe okay. it's one of the interesting markets for sure. I, I'm, uh, I'm I'm sorry, I had to ask the question. Now that you mention it, and your partner's there. Well, sorry, I, I didn't want to turn the interview around, but it was too tempting after that. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Anyway, I want to. I want to get back. Um, I want to, you mentioned Credit Tech, and I know that you guys yeah. you guys invested 110 million euros in Credit Tech, yeah. and yeah. I, I want to talk about why you did that and how are you using that partnership. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the equivalent of those 110 million euro back then was roughly $120 million uh, to, to translate that. Mm-hmm. 
Credit Tech is, is a leading alternative lender. And yep. it's leading because A, it has a very state-of-the-art platform in terms of the technology, and I come to that, but also because it has a multi-country footprint. And there is not many companies that can actually and have proven and are live uh, with a very advanced technology um, in the lending space and are in multiple markets successfully. And we started with Credit Tech, I can, I can share that, in uh, a commercial test in Poland where we have also some uh, very strong online banks. And without any data integration, just with the first normal product, their conversion was just sky high, significantly better than any other player. Mm -hmm. And that gave us the idea, hey, oh, wow, this is not just some, you know, everybody talks about machine learning, artificial intelligence, and every startup that has an Excel sheet claims it does. And at the same time, it's no magic, right? It's a set of statistical tools that are about 20 years old, 25 years old, when they were actually developed in, in, uh, in universities. Um, now we have the computing power to deploy them. So it's, it's neither magic nor is it something that is secret about it. And actually, this stuff works, right? And we saw it work. And um, then we had to develop, develop the first investment thesis and looked at them, talked to them. They liked us. Uh, we did a joint vision, joint plans. And came, it came out that actually we thought, hey, uh, the biggest thing we could do is uh, take your technology and uh, combine it with our uh, knowledge and expertise and insights into the market and take you guys to India. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, India is, is not an easy market, as you know. I mean, it's, it's a very complicated market. It's a difficult one. Companies may not be successful when entering India. It's no shame. Many companies failed for the first or second or third round. You may need five or ten of them, yep. right, um, to be fair. And so we actually said, no, that's not going to work with five million. So that's why we put in, in the end, a 110 million uh, euro, 120 million dollar check to say, hey, um, there's a significant development and investment needed um, to scale the company and the group and its people and assets and everything else and make sure we go to India together, mm -hmm. right? And this has been accomplished. Um, we, we did this. Um, we announced it uh, in March of this year. We now have the first merchants live. We're seeing the first transactions and the first results are actually quite encouraging. What product are you doing there? You have a consumer lending, a consumer lending offering that you're, that you're powering in India? Yes, and uh, the main task, or the main product, which is obviously interesting for PayU even more so, is basically a buy now, pay later at the online point of sale. Right. So you buy goods, uh, you put them in the shopping basket, and then instead of using a UPI payment or a local card or an, um, a bank payment in India, you basically uh, get a loan to get the payment done. Right, right. And so then, so they're they're doing the underwriting and all of that, you know, it's their expertise. Yep. So we know, we know yep. Credit Tech pretty well. Yep. They've spoken at Lendit several times. But the, yeah, then yeah. you're providing more of the the payment infrastructure. Is that how it works? Yeah. Well, and, and um, there's a very commercial argument to that, right? Um, we are also the distribution network because we have a very, very large merchant footprint. The footprint in terms of number of merchants in India is, is in the hundreds of thousands. Right. right. We are a very sizable payment company there and we have also in the from the very smallest to the very largest merchants, uh, we have a flip card. Uh, we're processing the first transactions for Amazon and others, right? So uh, major airlines, um, there's, not, there's not many companies in India of name and size that don't process with PayU. And then it goes all the way down to the smallest merchants. Like I said, we have a few hundred thousand merchants in the portfolio. So we are simply, uh, the logic was also these guys have a good project. We are distribution partners. Now you multiply this and say, hey, um, we also have some expertise in a controlled, facilitated, and, and uh, also legal way, you can share data at the right point, right? Because our payment data coming from a shopping basket provided by the merchants, with the consumer's consent, of course, allows you to score 
um, and give the consumer actually a good credit offering, right? The more data you get in there, and so consumer has an incentive to, to give you the right data, you can get them a good interest rate and a good score and, and do that. And, and then the consumer has a good shopping experience and can check out with, with a good loan. And this combination made a lot of sense. And then I would argue, um, if you look uh, beyond that, of course, there is a lot of logistical help, right? I don't know, um, hiring the first country manager, finding offices, like they could obviously start in our offices and things like that. So there's a lot of uh, help on the ground. What are the first contacts to regulators? Um, Payu is a very local company, like I said before, and we are hyper-local. So, of course, we Payu India is an Indian company, full stop. Right. But it's not an, it's not an international company that has a few people speaking Hindi. It's an Indian company that has a few people speaking English. Right. right? And, and this is paraphrasing. Obviously, Indians speak very well English, but it's, it's the other way around. And so Credit Tech also had a super-local partner that knows the market inside out. And I think this is a value that goes beyond just the pure academics of a distribution arrangement for for an equity deal or a, a data sharing, right? Which are sort of the obvious ones that you would think, but the local expertise is probably the one that is the secret sauce in that one and that uh, makes a difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it's interesting to me. Are you, are you, so you, so you mentioned yeah. you've got hundreds of thousands of merchants in, in India and, um, yeah. but, but you've got a, Credit Tech are a consumer lender. Are you also going to be yeah. like, you look at, look at companies like Square, like IZL in Europe. They, uh-huh. They're, they're providing um, capital to small businesses as well. Is that, yeah. is that, go, is that going to be part of your offering or are you doing that now even? Um, we have partnerships now, um, but uh, not as well we wanted to. Um, this is a big interest, yes. And um, we basically, we're looking into the market in all sorts of uh, dimensions from uh, doing something ourselves, using some of our own license and infrastructure. We're looking at commercial partnerships. We're considering uh, using equity um, and investments uh, wherever appropriate, right? So this is an angle where we currently uh, look at. And we said that before. The The other side of it is, Credit, we started with consumer credit for the simple reason uh, we believe that consumer credit is even harder, it's more regulated, it's more cumbersome. And uh, you can only do so many things during a day. And and, I mean, I'm talking to to one of the best credit experts on the planet. You you tell me what is the right strategy. But we figured we started with consumer, get that one done, and then go into the next round and, and do the merchant working capital, merchant lending space as well. That was our decision. Whether it's the smartest one, you tell me, but um, consumer credit. <laughs> And credit in general is a long-term thing. It's complicated. You should take it serious. Uh, we build our own credit units. We invest carefully. We take a long-term view. We take a multi-year view, right? And and so that's what we're doing right now. And then working capital is the next step. Right, right. What do you think? Right strategy? Yeah. Or? Well, I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know whether consumers consumer is more difficult than small business. I would say in in some ways, I mean, they're, they're very, very different. You, what you can't do is go and offer a, offer a small business lending operation thinking you're going to leverage all your knowledge in consumer. I mean, it take, it's mm-hmm. a lot more difficult than, than, than yeah. that. But one thing I, I know that I saw some uh, last year, I think it was, I saw a headline that you guys are partnering with Iwaka in the UK. Uh-huh. So what, so yep. what, is, what is that partnership about? Well, Iwaka, it was in Poland, and Iwaka is no longer in Poland, so that gives you the scope of the partnership. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're, looking at, we're looking at new partnerships. And it's because Iwaka left Poland, and yeah, that didn't go very far from that angle. Right. Uh, we would like to do more, and we're looking into certain geographies and several geographies, so um, nothing to announce yet, um, but that's an active interest um, to find partners in the space, and then we take it further. Right, right. Got it. So then you, you mentioned AI, machine learning. You know, yeah. Are you really... 
I mean, you've, you've obviously developed expertise, I imagine, internally, but then you have Credit Tech who have been doing this for many years oh. and, and have obviously tremendous oh. expertise. So yeah. how, how are you using it in your credit business? Is it really just leveraging Credit Tech's technology or are you doing it yourself? No, there's a little more to that. And I would mention two other names, or actually three names, but two of them in particular. Um, so we have three more investments in credit companies um, in the consumer lending space. One is Creditas in Brazil, mm-hmm. speaking to the second priority market. And then two more in India. One is Cest, uh, and the other one is Paysense. And also those companies have a particular angle in terms of artificial intelligence and machine learning. They're tackling different segments, and it's very complementary to the credit tech offering. And from that angle, um, this is the way to go in complicated markets like, like India. You need a decent amount of uh, machine learning expertise and, and knowledge to do that. Certainly, credit tech is at a different scale. It's pretty large um, for a fintech startup, and they have a sizable uh, loan book and expertise on that. One, which is one reason why we like them so much. There's already some scale. What we're doing ourselves is also, for example, take LazyPay in India. That's a product we developed ourselves. The name LazyPay is actually the original internal code name. For some funny reason, it's stuck. <laughs> the hypothesis was, and the product hypothesis was, hey, this is for small amounts. Imagine a, an Uber ride. Imagine a fruit delivery, right? Um, and you couldn't be bothered really typing in a complicated credit card number, doing a complicated wallet transaction, or redirect with bank payment, pin ton, blah, blah, blah. It's actually so simple. You want a one-click payment. I just want this sandwich. I just want this quick ride, right? Uh, amount less than $50 in the equivalent of the currency. And the Indian rupee. And so um, we developed it ourselves. It's a very simple, basically one-click payment or even for subscriptions. So you can uh, use it for subscriptions as well. And then um, the consumer just pays with this and we collect the money later. So it's a, it's a buy now, pay later. It's a credit product, but it's for convenience payment. Hmm. And that uses um, artificial intelligence and machine learning to sort um, the risk and assess the consumer and all of that. And the second example I'm giving is a product called Tifia. That's a more classic buy now, pay later product in Colombia. Again, uh, for normal shopping e-commerce amounts, so not for the convenience side, but like regular amounts of a couple hundred, maybe $1,000 equivalent. Um, it's Colombia still, right? So it's not the highest amount. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another product where we are deploying those statistical measures to assess consumer risk. And those machines run independent. And the, the teams are also, obviously, they talk to each other, right? There is an exchange of knowledge to some extent, but... It's basically three, three teams running those, uh, three different initiatives, because also the, the other truth is it is a lot of it is market-specific, model-specific, consumer behavior-specific. And you can't just pretend that because you did a business successful in Poland, um, India is just the same thing with a different currency. Or if you did it in India, why not just export it to Colombia, right? It's just Spanish and, and uh, Colombian pesos instead of um, whatever the Polish lucky. Um, so from that angle, um, we run those. And the fourth area, would, just for argument's sake, we're also deploying machine learning, artificial intelligence in our risk infrastructures. Mm. Right? Um, we also have risk products uh, where this, uh, those statistical tools become very handy. Right, right. So it's interesting to me, you know, the, one of the things we've seen over the last couple of years is there's been sort of a, a, coming, a coming together of payments businesses and credit businesses. They, they really right. used to be fairly separate. I mean, PayPal was actually one of the first to yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. to, you know, they bought yeah. like Bill Me Later. And yeah. um, so they were the one of the first yeah, to yeah. sort of do it. But, but it seems like now that there's, if there's in the last, just in the last 12 months, there's been a lot more activity. So how do you, yeah, how yeah. do you view these two you know, distinct industries in yeah. some ways that you, you have been, you're involved in both of them. How do you see this evolving? 
That's a very interesting question, and uh, some of it probably requires a philosophical argument with a collecting fire. Some of it is probably very, very data-driven and very factually driven. Now, the first argument is we combine it and we keep it separate um, in that sense, because we also have great respect for credit business as much as we do for payment business, but we know there are distinct differences in the way you assess risk, uh, you manage cohorts, you deal with regulation and other things, right? And the timeline, time horizons, the development of markets are very different in credit compared to payment. So we are consciously aware, and that's one reason why we have um, added some true credit experts like David and others uh, to the team and working with companies like Credit Tech who are 100% credit experts because it's not the same as payments. Right. It's completely not the same. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would completely argue. However, at the same time, um, like we said before, there's a number of very natural uh, synergies. And one, I, I, I take a factual one, is data. Right. Um, in, again, in the controlled, in the way that the consumer is consenting, payment data has a valuable input into the credit scoring side. Like what kind of stuff are you buying? Which context are you buying? It, who is the consumer, et cetera? We may have known the consumer before. We may have a payment history and things like that. If a consumer opens up the payment history, that gives a lot of insight into uh, credit score, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of very factual synergies that help a credit score a lot. And then you can issue the credit and manage it um, the way a credit should be managed in a diligent, responsible way. So there's a lot of those synergies. The second one, I would say, is a little bit on a, the second argument is a little bit on a higher level. You could argue, and it, in a global trend, you can see it, not necessarily always locally, but payments become more and more commodities. It becomes more of a scale game, costs going down, which is, which is nice and wonderful. We're actually supporting that um, because it gives scale and it gives efficiency and everything else. And so you, you actually wander down the cost curve a little bit and, and the price curve. Credit is an industry where you still um, have a higher potential um, for, for monetization. And from that angle, it's a natural way for payment companies to sort of go into another market and venture there and actually uh, sustain the business over the long run. Ultimately, and this was sort of even linked to what I said in the very beginning, that could lead um, to us becoming a, a, a consumer bank one way or the other, where payment is an underlying commoditized base product. Uh, credit is one where we're doing a lot of interesting things. Uh, maybe there is a investment part coming at some point, right? And let's see what the other consumer offerings could be. But that's, that's how we see the hypothesis uh, over the mid and long term uh, where markets develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So we're almost out of time. Just just one yeah. last question. I want to look look sure. as, as you're sort of looking for over the next like twelve to eighteen months. What what are the well, things? What are, what are the biggest growth drivers you see for for PayU over the in the in the short to medium well, term? Well, we are super happy with our market positioning and the markets we're in uh, again, like in India, right? Indian e-commerce is is booming, and you're in growth rates between fifty and hundred percent per segment. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we keep on growing faster than the market, so uh, we are extremely happy with our market development there. And it's at the point where you shouldn't overheat it, and we're running still a licensed payments or credit operation, so we need to be diligent with growth as well. I wouldn't be looking for more growth in certain markets, to be honest. Maybe I shouldn't tell this to my investors, but um, we, we also need to manage a business in, in a sound way. Other areas of growth, why not expand the credit footprint? Right? Um, there is a couple of geographies where we can use the technology, and the day only has 24 hours, and India keeps us busy for now. But uh, we said before that we have uh, midterm plans to bring our credit tech offerings and others to markets like Brazil or Mexico. Mm-hmm. There's an interest. Uh, why not? Uh, we could do that. We keep expanding into new geographies, generally a theme. Um, obviously, uh, also something of interest, uh, strengthen the network, build out the network of countries we have. And there's a few future things. I mean, there is 
Um, not sure if it's a big growth driver yet, but uh, we have our first investment in blockchain companies like Lunu. We're investigating blockchain technologies. We may have the first technology application later this year, and that's why we're looking into that right now. There is another way you could sort of, we, because we think it could help us on the efficiency side, on the scaling side, actually. There's some real applications for blockchain. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that angle, I think there is another way of, of growth coming. On top of it, everything we do on normal business development and other areas, of course, but all those three together um, already keep us pretty busy and, and um, now we're very happy with the development. Okay, Matthias. Well, we'll have to leave it there. It's, it's a fascinating business you got and you really, uh, I, you know, I can see, you know, tremendous, tremendous things ahead for you guys. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks for the feedback. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate the, the questions were super interesting. Glad meeting you, Peter, and uh, hope we meet soon and talk soon. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Matthias. Bye. Ciao, Peter. It's really interesting to me, this convergence of payments and credit. And, you know, you, we've seen it, sort of, as I said, PayPal have been doing this for a long time. You know, Square and other payments companies are, have been offering credit for some time now. And then we, we, we also see companies like Cabbage getting into the payments business. So there seems to be a blurring of the lines. And I think no one represents that blurring of the lines better than, than PayU and, and the work they're doing with Credit Tech and others. Because I think, as, as Matthias said, it's all about the data. If you have payments data, that is such a great springboard into credit. And I would even argue vice versa. So I think we're going to see more and more of this blurring of the lines between these two, what have been distinct industries. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Today's show was sponsored by Lendit Fintech Europe 2018, Europe's leading event for innovation in financial services. It's happening November 19th and 20th at the Business Design Centre in London. Registration is now open as well as speaker applications. Find out more by going to lendit.com Europe.